G'day wherever you may be around the world and thank you for your company once again on truthtoyou.org. That's truth number two, letter U.org. I'm Jono and joining me all the way from Louisiana is my very good friend and co-host of the Tanakh Tour, author of The Moses Scroll, Ross Nichols. G'day, mate. Hey, Jono. How are you, man? Doing very well. Thank you, my friend. The Tanakh Tour, by the way, a few more tickets sold. It's all systems go. We have a green light and we are doing the Tanakh Tour this coming November. You and myself, Rabbi Tavia Singer. Uh, starting on the 9th of November, I believe, and kicking off where... Hey, going that's to coming the up. 17th of November. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I tell you what, it's been way too long since we were in Israel, but uh, we're doing that. You can go to, dear listeners, we'd love you to come, and it is TanakhTours.com. TanakhTours.com. Uh, there'll be a link on the website. All right. Beautiful. Now, big news is that uh, Ross's book, The Moses Scroll, has had a powerful endorsement from uh, one of today's leading Bible scholars, author of uh, too many books for me to mention, Ross. It is a long list. Uh, and having been the... Uh, he he's the dire- was the director of the Dead Sea Scrolls Project at the Princeton Theological Seminary, Professor James Charlesworth, uh, an endorsement in which he writes concerning the Mos- Moses Scroll. He says, um, I am convinced that no one in the late 19th century could have faked such a complex work on Deuteronomy. Ross. Yeah, I tell you that that endorsement is really big, Jonah. I'm I'm glad you brought it up. I was uh, just quickly James Tabor and I. James, by the way, is also a big scholar that's endorsed the work. He's mm. helped me all along the way. Uh, but James and I met Charlesworth in Israel. You were in Israel with us at the same time, mm. and uh, met him at the airport. And and James told him what we were there doing, and. Uh, it was it was really people can read the whole story on the website on the mosesscroll.com but just quickly uh, when he told us you know hey you know it's real don't you in reference to the Shapiro manuscripts we both almost fell out so then to have him read the book and endorse the book uh, one of the quotes that he says in his endorsement which is posted on my website he says uh the closed minds of scholars have tended to reject new claims that shatter once they once were taught. Mm. I mean, I, I think that's pretty true and it's pretty powerful. If, if it's something that you haven't been told before, it's not part of the status quo, you know, it just gets rejected. And that's what I think has happened with the Moses scroll. Hopefully Clearly. with uh, with the publication of my book, as well as Edan Dershowitz and other uh, great scholars that are out there who are endorsing it now. Maybe we'll get a better chance of getting this message out. So and Charlesworth sure tells everybody to buy copies of the book. So you heard it right straight from James Charlesworth. Go I get a copy if you don't have it. I was, as you mentioned, I was uh, in Israel at the time. I was down in the desert. We were all down in the desert. You went to pick up James from the airport. I declined to yep. go. Uh, and when you got back, you're like, you won't believe who we met at the airport. <laughs> and I, I thought, oh, man, <laughs> I should have gone. Yep. Anyway, that was yep. really cool. So people could read about that uh, on themosesscroll.com, themosesscroll.com. Uh, hit the blog there and uh, subscribe to the blog post too, by the way. Um, you can get notifications. Dan McLaren, founder and editor of the popular archaeology magazine, just also published uh, arguably what I think 
you described as the most comprehensive online article on the Shapira saga, uh, the Shapira saga. It's almost a tongue twister. Yeah, uh, it is. but that's that's another really good one. Uh, how can people yep. subscribe to that? By the way, to Popular uh, Archaeology Magazine. Popular Archaeology Magazine. That's right. On the website, we'll put a link to that in this podcast as well. You can sign up and to get all the exclusive content. I believe there is a nine dollar charge annually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know that breaks down to less than seventy cents it's a month, nothing, I believe. So considering it's nothing. what you get, it's yeah, a it's really a, magazine. a good magazine. That's right. And and thanks to Dan McLaren thanks, Dan. for uh, mentioning the book. And uh, yeah, maybe some people might want to get on that blog and and catch his latest all the time. He's got some good stuff out there. There it is. And lastly, I just want to mention uh, thank you to everybody who's been leaving five star reviews on the Moses Scroll on Amazon. Really appreciate that. One such review from A. Dufresne, I think is how it's pronounced, is – let me read it to you because it's a real – well, I know you've read it. Uh, It begins by – it's a five-star review. He begins by saying, I'm not a Bible scholar, but wow. He says, I followed the uh, biblical topics for quite a while, and now I've I've never heard of uh, this one until it was brought to my attention. But it intrigues me to know that what today's scholars uh, think about something that had been – thought of as a fraud so many years ago. This book allowed me to dive headfirst into the why. Why did they think that it was a fraud? Why are they now reconsidering their position in light of recent evidence? Uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, question mark. And that's quite right. Um, it, it, it was eight, uh, what, eight decades after this scroll was discovered that yep. the Dead Sea Scrolls were uncovered. And, and now almost, almost a thousand fragments. Is that right, Ross? Yeah, we're talking many, many fragments and manuscripts in all or in part. And uh, there's a lot of evidence that came forth from those caves mm-hmm. near and around Qumran that uh, all of a sudden these things that people used as reasons to dismiss this as a forgery, they're moot points now. I mean, That's the right. Dead Sea Scrolls. In fact, I just wrote a blog post uh, this week on that very subject. Uh, it's about a certain aspect that we didn't know about until the discovery of the Dead Scrolls, uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, which is confirmed. Yeah. yeah, so so people need to check that out. I'm going to continually put up new evidence or pieces of the evidence pie, mm. if you will, that uh, vindicate uh, both Shapira against the charges leveled against him as a forger in his day, and also validate this manuscript. So uh, That's people right. so need just to remind, check that out. Remind everybody what is that latest blog post? What's the title of that? The latest blog post, Jono, is called Rightly Dividing Words, the Shapira Manuscripts as the Earliest Witness to Word Separation in a Biblical Text. Wow. Long title, but it makes sense as soon as you crack this open. It's very, very solid, uh, and it's, I think, irrefutable evidence that the manuscript is authentic. Very good. So continue. So once again, themosescroll.com, click on the blog, get into the articles. Uh, A. Dufresne continues saying, I like that the book doesn't even try to persuade me one side or the other, but gives me the evidence and lets me make the determination of what I think as the reader. You've really done a good job of that, by the way, Ross, I have to say. Um, Thank you. But of, but of course, that only leaves me with a thirst for more. And, uh, and that's right. And you can get more on the blog. Uh, more data, more research, more evidence, more questions. I will say that I've never seen a case laid out like this without actually having the physical evidence at hand, and that's an anomaly for today. I've often said to you, Ross, um, it, you know, if you weren't who you were doing what you're doing today, you would have made a really good lawyer. 
because you do. You put all the evidence out there. You put it uh, – it, it's clear and it's ordered in such a way uh, and you leave it to, to people to be able to make a, a really uh, e- educated um, a view on the topic. Uh, Ada Friend continues saying, Mr. Nick, Mr. Nichols, Mr. Nichols clearly knows more about uh, this than most modern – day scholars because I can read the book and see it laid out in front of me. I rarely use uh, footnotes in a book, but as a person who doesn't always understand the uh, the old locations of names and of things, this really helps me uh, on the journey that I took whilst reading. I really appreciate the footnotes. They, they really are exceptional. Um, this book walks the line between thriller and academia, that's a really good way of putting it. I like that. Uh, I like that. Yeah. And, well, and he says he really likes both. Uh, he or she, I'm not sure. Uh, I can certainly see more people getting interested uh, in where this scroll is and if they ever find it. This could be uh, the big one. Quite, quite right. I believe it is. And I'll be following for more books on this subject, hopefully. That's a really good review. We really do appreciate it. You know, I appreciate all the ratings and reviews that people are posting up. There are a couple of places where people are posting. One is on Amazon on the book page, which I especially appreciate. But uh, just recently, Lyndon, uh, you know Lyndon, uh, John mm-hmm. and Lyndon here yeah. at the at United Israel, uh, Lyndon signed the book up on Goodreads, and there are a couple of reviews up there as well. And so other people are sending me reviews and uh, I really appreciate all the feedback. Thank you, Jono. You did a nice review of the book, too. So, uh, mm-hmm. But hopefully people will do that. And I think what happens, I know when I buy a book on Amazon, I want to read what other people say. Yeah, and uh, sometimes that, that helps me to make that decision. And so far, all of the reviews have been positive. So mm-hmm. uh, so that hopefully says that, uh, that we did a decent job. So thank we- you very much appreciate it and so dear listeners if you've got the book and you and you love the book leave a five-star review and we may get to reading it out on the program now we have an excellent question uh okay the, the question was and we knew that this question was going to come uh and it was left to joseph g'day joseph uh he, g'day, he joseph. commented uh asking an excellent question he said did i now now the reason why he's asking this question we have to go back the last time you and i spoke we pointed out that uh, there's only the, the the blessings are not contained in our Pentateuch, in our Torah, in the five books. It's not in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. The blessings aren't there. Uh, the blessings are in the Moses Scroll, and it, it, everything becomes so evidently uh, obvious once you have it and you do the comparison. You're like, oh, of course. Well, this flows. This is exactly how it's meant to be. Um, but it's not in the Book of Deuteronomy. Joseph, now we made that claim and we knew that someone would ask this question and Joseph did it. He said, did I miss something? The blessings are clearly given in Deuteronomy Deuteronomy chapter 28, right? I mean, after the curses in Deuteronomy 27, please explain yourselves and we will do exactly that. But before we do, Ross, uh, I just want to read a note. I've got my trusty um, Jewish study Bible. I like my Jewish study Bible. I know you like it. It is a good one. I love the notes. And, uh, yeah, the notes are exceptional, and that's really uh, why I like it so much. And I just want to read a note on uh, Joshua 8.32, if I may. Okay. It says, it's making a note about the stones because, of course, what happened was uh, they, they cross over the Jordan, they set up stones, and on those stones they write uh, – well, I better read the verse before I read the note. Starting in 32, and there on the stones he inscribed a copy of the teaching – that Moses had written for all Israelites. 
It says in verse 34, after that, he read all the words. He read all the words of the teaching of the blessings and the curses, just as, as it is written in the book of the teaching. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua failed to read in the presence of the entire assembly of Israel, including the women, the children, strangers, and those who accompanied them. Uh, And so he wrote these on the stones. And this is what it says on the study note in verse 32. The stones, not the altar stones, but rather those intended for a copy of the teaching to be inscribed on stones when Israel crossed the Jordan, according to Moses' instruction, Deuteronomy 27, verses 2 to 3. Since these stones could not hold a complete copy of the Torah or even all of Deuteronomy, it is Mm. unclear, Ross, it's unclear. Uh, Exactly. Not to us. It's pretty clear to us uh, and everyone who has a copy of your book. But it says it is unclear exactly what was written on them. This topic is the subject of much debate and discussion in rabbinic and medieval Jewish commentary. Uh, It goes on to, yeah, who'd have thought? Um, (laughs) Now, it goes on to say the blessing and the curse. Okay, this is the note on 34. Typically conclude uh, covenants in the ancient Near East. It has some references there. Um, it bounces us back to Deuteronomy 27, 11 to 13. And the note on that, uh, I won't go uh, there right now, but it points okay. out that the that the blessings are missing. Unless you want me to read, do you want me to read that or shall you, we You can, you can, yeah. All right, e- well, let's do it. We're on a roll. Let me go back there. Go to, I think we need to go. See, what, what happens is, is that um, the, the whole blessings and the curses, it kicks off in, chapter 11 of Deuteronomy, then there is an insertion of what is referred to as the law code. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's basically chapters 12 to 26. And then the, uh, the narrative of the uh, blessings and curses picks up again in chapter 27. Yeah, chapter, chapter 11. This is really a strange thing in the book of Deuteronomy, Jono, if I can pick up real quickly. It's... Uh, this is from Torah portion Re'eh, and it's uh, verse 26 of Deuteronomy 11. We're mm-hmm. told, see, this day I set before you blessing and curse. Blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I enjoin upon you this day, and a curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn away from the path that I enjoin upon you this day and follow other gods whom you've not experienced. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you're about to enter and possess, you shall pronounce the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Both are on the other side of the Jordan, beyond the west road that is in the land of the Canaanites who dwell in the Aravah, near Gilgal, by the Terebinths of Moray. In, For you in are that about, order. Yep, yep, I like the order. For mm-hmm. you are about to cross the Jordan to enter and possess the land that the Lord your God is assigning you when you have occupied it and are settled in it, Take care to observe all the laws and rules that I have set before you this day. Then, Jono, and you can jump in here at any point, but it, right after you read that, we get this huge block huge. from chapter 12 all the way to 27. Now, I like hmm. to call this interrupting Moses <laughs> yes. because, you know, it really does. It interrupts the natural flow of the text. If you... If you start, if you read what I just read in Deuteronomy 11, at the end of Deuteronomy, and then you pick up in 27, it's very interesting because it picks up with the same storyline, almost like it 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 goes together. It's like if you, almost. you know, that, that, 
It's it, almost like it, that, it, except that, except that something is missing. So what happens is it's as if it's as if you have a continual scroll somewhere along the line. It kind of got ripped, or a piece uh, a piece maybe uh, decayed out of it, and something else got inserted and then picked up. And it seems like the blessings have just you know fallen on the wayside. And what we have, and I've I've just found the note that I wanted. It's Deuteronomy twenty seven from verse. The note on 12 to 13 says, Mount Gerizim, Mount Ival, C, 1129. This is where you were just reading from. Mm-hmm. Uh, one group of tribes on Gerizim uh, proclaims the bless, the set of blessings, and then it says the, uh, the other on Mount Ival, a set of curses. And then it goes mm-hmm. on to a note on 14 to 26. Despite the paragraphing of the new JPS, that's what we're reading from here, more likely begins a new 14. Verse 14 more likely uh, begins a new section with a very different conception of the ceremony. Here, the tribe of Levi alone proclaims a set of prohibited actions and all the people in unison and not divided into tribes respond, amen. Now, that's the way it kind of reads because it's all kind of messed yep. up here. It's not the way mm-hmm. it reads in, in Joshua, but in any case. And then it says, there is no list of blessings. There is no mm. list of blessings. Now yep. that sounds controversial, uh, but it's uh, it's not a new idea. Uh, we read about this in the English explanation of the Mishnah Sotar seven five, uh, and it says the following: This section harmonizes Deuteronomy eleven with Deuteronomy twenty seven because there are problems here, right? Uh, yep. It says the earlier chapter refers to blessing blessings recited on Mount Gerizim and curses on Mount Ebal. Uh, Deuteronomy 27 lists only the curses, and it also seems to assume that the Levites who stand in the middle pronounce the curse, uh, the curses and the blessings. The Mishnah resolves these two difficulties by saying that the curses in Deuteronomy 27 are only half of what was said. Not only were mm. the curses recited, but the, um, uh, but the opposite of each curse was also recited as a blessing. Furthermore, the blessings and the curses were recited by the Levites by the Levites while standing between the two mountains, but the Levites would face Mount Gerizim when blessing and then face Mount Ebal when cursing. Ross. Yeah, this is uh this is an interesting text. So so Mishnah Sota uh seven, what they're trying to do here is create an apologetic, create mm. Uh, an answer to an uh, otherwise very difficult thing within the text of the Bible. Very plainly, and this goes to Joseph's question, we mentioned in a previous episode that only the curses are given in Deuteronomy 27 and not the blessings. Joseph particularly says, wait a minute, did I miss something? Because the curses are given in 27 and the blessings are given in 28. So that's what we're talking about. What we see here in 27, uh, beginning in verse 14, Levites shall proclaim in a loud voice to all the people of Israel, cursed be, and then it lists off all the curses. But we have a particular order we're looking for. It's reflected in Deuteronomy 11. It's reflected in Joshua 8. Mm -hmm. And that order is blessing, curse. But Deuteronomy 27 only has the curses. You should see, if we were following the correct order here, Blessed be anyone who whatever, blessed be, blessed be, all the way, Mm -hmm. then the curses. Now, what we see in 28, should I go ahead and touch on that? Well, yeah, just just to, um, let me just elaborate on what you just said. What we should see is uh, the Levites facing 
uh, Mount Gerizim, right? And they should be saying, yep. blessed be, da-da-da-da-da-da, and then all the people will say, amen, because they're agreeing yep. here, this is an essential part of the covenant, and then blessed be, da-da-da-da-da, and all the people say, amen. And as you see with the curses, so you should see with the blessings. Now, what right. is it that we're looking at in chapter 28, Ross? Well, 28, a lot of people read through 27, and then they go into 28, and they think, you know, here here are the blessings, because it seems hmm. to be what they're expecting to find. But what we don't see is a blessed be, and all the people shall respond, amen. Blessed be, and all the people respond, amen. What we see in 28, beginning in verse 1, is what we would call the consequences of the blessings and the curses, the blessings for obedience, the curse for disobedience. Mm -hmm. And we do have, notice the order, 28 begins with the consequences, the positive consequences, or the blessings, not the blessed bees, but the blessings of obedience that run all the way through. Look at verse 3, blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the country. So people think this is the missing blessings of 27, but it's not. Watch this. You go all the way down and you get to verse 15. But if you don't obey the Lord your God to observe faithfully all his commandments and laws, which I join upon you this day, all these curses shall come upon you and take effect. Cursed shall you be in the city. Notice that the curses correspond, uh, the cursed bees, precisely with the blessed Blessed shall you be. Mm. Here it says, cursed shall you be. Uh, And then it runs all the way through and it gives that. But again, we have the consequences, positive and negative for obedience, but we are missing the cursed bees of chapter 27. So if I can say it another way, and you tell me if this is fair, we have the, uh, the outwork or the consequences of the blessings and the curses that correspond to each other. We don't have the counterpart to the curses, which would be the blessings from which the consequences would stem. Is that fair? Yeah, that's okay. fair. Now, it becomes perfectly obvious only when you're holding the Moses scroll and you're reading this ancient document. Can you tell us how it reads in there? Yes, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I want to make a couple of points. Um, number one... Um, in the year 1883, sort of to lead up to it, Jono. Please. In the year in the year 1883, there was an article that appeared in the Jewish Chronicle. The Jewish Chronicle was one of the many many news outlets that was covering the excitement surrounding uh, Moses Shapira's manuscript presentation to European mm-hmm. scholars. And one of the things that the Jewish Chronicle writer Put in August the 3rd, 1883 article, there is, this is the quote, there is also an important variation in chapter 27 in relation to the blessings. Now, what is that important variation? In other words, they noticed it from the very beginning. Now, Ginsburg, uh, Christian David Ginsburg, is the great Masoretic text mm. scholar. He, to this day, is considered one of the greatest textual scholars, uh, Hebraic, Semitic scholars of the of forever. Mm. And Christian Ginsburg was the man who was appointed to investigate whether or not the scroll that Shapira presented to European scholars was authentic or not. Now, one of mm-hmm. the things that he noted um, was that 
this particular document, the manuscripts of Moses Shapira, the ones he brought forward, contained the blessing where they are lacking in um, in the canonical text. And he says, though Deuteronomy 27, 11 through 14 orders that representatives of the 12 tribes are to place themselves on Mount Grazim and Mount Ebal in order to recite the blessings and the curses for the observance uh, and the transgression of certain precepts, only the maledictions are given there. Hmm. So everyone notices this, but in this manuscript, the the what we call the Moses scroll, very interesting, uh, it does contain, not only does it contain a different, slightly different version of the 10 words, but it also contains both blessings and curses, whereas the Masoretic text is missing the blessings, and this missing blessing is noted in no less than Mishnah Sota 7, Jewish study Bibles. Everybody notices it. Mm, the NRSC the Shapira, contains it in the notes yeah, as well. Yeah, That's right. So, But in, in this Shapira scroll, we have uh, not only a blessing and a curse, which correspond one to the other, but they also correlate to one of the ten words. So, for instance, I give a couple of examples. Mm, uh, the seventh day Sabbath, okay? We know that that's one of the ten words. It's one of the ten words in the Shapiro manuscript. Sanctify the seventh day. Notice this is going to read a little bit differently. Six days, I, it's in the first person, I mm. made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, and I ceased on the seventh day. Therefore, you shall cease also, you, your animal, and all that is yours, I am Elohim, your Elohim. The corresponding blessing is blessed is a man who sanctifies the seventh day and ceases their own, and all of the people, they will respond and they will say amen. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't have anything like this in the Masoretic text. No. The, the corresponding curse associated with the seventh day word is cursed is the man who does work on the seventh day to profane it, and all of the people, they shall respond and they will say amen. Mm-hmm. So, so in each case, one through ten, we have a word, one of the so-called ten commandments, if you will, uh, one of the ten words, and then with each word has a corresponding blessing and a corresponding curse. This is what one would expect if one read Deuteronomy 11, mm-hmm. where it says you'll have the blessings, you'll have the curses. And uh, we just don't get that in the Masoretic text. So, this, so when we when we made that comment and what Joseph picked up on, uh, very good that Joseph caught it mm. because he's paying attention, mm-hmm. is we are saying that Deuteronomy 27, one would expect to find 10 blessed be, blessed be, blessed be, blessed be, mm-hmm. followed by 10 cursed be, cursed be, cursed be. When you get to 28, it's all okay because you have the consequences of blessedness. Yep and the consequences of cursedness, if you will. Now, they, uh, the consequences do read fairly closely uh, to that which is in Deuteronomy, um, mm-hmm. but not so with the... Well, let's just talk about the curses for a second. The curses are a little bit different. Uh, how are they different, Ross, from Deuteronomy to the Moses scroll? Uh, it's interesting in that the curses that are listed in Deuteronomy 27, verse 14 through 26... 
um, they do not correspond with the ten words, hmm. uh, at least not as closely as they do in the Moses scroll. There are some which do. For instance, um, uh, the first curse is, Cursed be anyone who makes a sculptured or molten image abhorred by the Lord, so forth. Well, that corresponds with, You shall not make any graven images. There's also a curse for he who insults his father and mother. All the people will say amen. Okay, well, that one corresponds, if you will. But then you get into others. Uh, Cursed be he who moves his fellow countrymen's landmark, uh, the one who misdirects a blind person, the one who subverts the rights of a stranger and lies with his father's wife and so forth. Look, all of these things, no no doubt, deserve cursed be but they do not correspond with the covenant code is the main point. And the only document in which that is the case, where the curses and the blessings both appear and also correspond with the ten words, is in the Moses scroll. That's it. Just wanted to highlight that. We've answered the question. Thank you, my friend. Uh, That was really concise. This is one of the shorter programs we've done for a while, but this is uh, where it's at. Thanks again to Joseph for uh, leaving that comment. An excellent question, absolutely deserves to be answered. And uh, and we look forward to answering any other questions that you have in regards to the Moses Scroll, this program, uh, anything that uh, you would like to leave in the comments section, we would love to have a look at that. Uh, any parting thoughts, Ross? No, again, I want to kind of uh, underline what you just said there. Thanks so much, Joseph, for uh, your question. And thanks to everybody who listens. And uh, especially thanks to all those who've read the book and left a positive endorsement. We really appreciate it. And and send in your questions and comments. We'd love to read them on air. We'd love to talk about them. There it is. And we will be back this time next week. And until then, have a great one. Have a beautiful week. 